Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. Hello everyone and welcome to the Wrestling Predict Cast. I am your host Ben White and we have got a absolutely massive episode to talk about today. We are going to look through all of the SummerSlam card debate dissect and take a look at each result and then have a look at the outcome and the impact and what's going to happen all the way leading to extreme rules and a little bit further on crown jewel because uh, i think both of those things are stuff at SummerSlam is going to impact both of those things to help me do that are my usual co-hosts competitors and to a much lesser extent friends it's joe and luke luke how are you yeah really good thank you mate after after watching that, I'm very up and down emotionally, but yeah, I'm very good. I am emotionally up and down, not just not just not just you know opinion, but emotion. All right, we'll see how we get to there. And um, Joe, you're you're only with us for a short amount of time this episode, so we'll we'll get straight to the big points. But how are you? Uh, how are you anyway? All right. Yeah, I'm I'm probably more emotionally stable than Luke by the sounds of it, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is a worrying start. Um, I like, man, I like the fact that your um, your whole emotions hang on the um, the events of SummerSlam. Um, if we so. if we can get him crying, I'll be very impressed. I want to know what I want to know what point got him crying. That's what I want to know. Look, I, I, I take this very seriously when there's points on the line. <laughs> oh, we'll get to results in a little bit. We'll get to results a bit later. One one of the three of us is top of the table. Oh, that's got to be me. Yeah. Got to be me. Does it? Probably. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if, it's, if it's you, then I might as well quit now. <laughs> See, again, this is it's slightly unfair that I'm getting ragged on for being really crap at the uh, crap at the predictions. At least I didn't bat Rhea Ripley. You should have been laughing all the way to the bank for that one, wouldn't you? Yeah, all the way to the money in the bank. Anyway, right then, um, we'll get started. Um, because Joe's only with us for a, a short while at the beginning, we're not going to start by talking about Biggie and and Corbin unless he's got some massive opinions he wants to share on that one. Um, instead, what we're going <laughs> to look at his face, he doesn't even know that match happened. Didn't even know that happened, did he? This, this is not a man who watched a pre show, is it? <laughs> it is not a man that watched a pre show. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll, we will come back to the pre show um, a bit later on. Um, what we'll do is we'll start off by kind of the, the big talking points of SummerSlam, I think, um, and then go from there, really. Um, so I am going to hand it over to Joe to kind of lead the way with it to start off with. Um, if you had to kind of summarise SummerSlam, um, what did you think of the show as a whole? Impressed? Not impressed? Did it match up to the WrestleMania 2.0 that it was designed to be? I think... And I, I, I might have to listen back to the pod after this to find out what you guys think in a bit more detail. <laughs> I might, you know, I might, I might succumb to that. Um, but I thought it was a bit all over the place. Like, I don't want to say it was a bad show because I don't think it was a bad show, but bits of it were terrible. Um, but bits of it were really good. And and then there were some moments where you were kind of going, this is amazing and awful in the same in the same five minutes. Um, and I, 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 I kind of run through my I kind of run through my edited highlights on that if, you, if you'd like or I can kind of take it, you know, take it a bit. So what, what, what's your thoughts, Ben? Well, what I was thinking is we get Luke's overall view. Is, do you yeah, agree with well, that? Do you agree with that, uh, Luke? Yeah, I do. awful, yeah. terrible. Yeah. Well, 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 up, up, up and down like my emotions. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think like some things I really enjoyed. Thought it was really good. 
Um, and then just like Joe, thought some things were terrible. Like, you know, why did you do that? WWE moments. Um, so, yeah, it's just very similar, up and down. Well, we'll get straight into the terrible then, because that's uh, much more interesting to, to rip to bits, I guess. Um, Joe, terrible parts of this. What parts of this did you think? I can't believe they've done that on this pay-per-view. Um, so there was there was a couple. Um, the outstandingly bad highlight for me was the uh, dripstick segment, which... <laughs> now, you missed the conversation between me and Luke before you got on here, where we said... We're not. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> we literally just went. Let's just pretend it didn't happen, and we will breeze right over it because I hadn't planned to discuss it. It's not happening. It was filler, but I mean, that's that. That was the lowest ebb for you. I mean, I think that might have been. I mean, that's like the lowest ebb of like probably the last year for me, to be honest. Like it was, it was, it was absolutely dreadful. And 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 if I was watching that, like I don't, I, don't, I just don't understand the lot. Oh, I don't understand the logic because it's basically like you don't need to watch this because there's been a long match before and there's been a long match after and there's been a lot of um, excitement and you probably need to go to the toilet. It's basically the like the view of that ma- of that segment, but it was it was dreadful and I can't understand who is going to SummerSlam and wants to see that and I can't understand why they think people do want to see that. Um, so it was just it was just dreadful. Um, I know I know Luke hasn't seen it. Have you seen Raw, Joe? I've I've heard about what ha- I've heard about what happens. Okay, because oh, I mean I'm, I'm slightly ruining it for Luke, but I think it's it's worth just mentioning as a side point. Morrison and Miz are now broken up. It's Miz it's Miz versus Morrison probably for Extreme Rules. Is that something you uh, you are uh, 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 are you happy that that's where this is heading after that dripstick fiasco? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even the name, if you, if you really think about it, is really weird. But dripstick. Oh, the whole thing was America's well, moist wanted. Was moist. It was awful. Oh, it was yeah. just grim. I mean, the thing, the, thing, the thing is right. It's water. So, yes. I mean, do they not take a shower? I mean, I don't, like, I just don't how understand. Powerful, how powerful was that gun? Because it was yeah. toppling over grown men multiple times. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like the water's tainted or something. Like it's not. If it, it was different if it was filled with piss, but you know, but it's not. It's just water. So what's the issue? The only thing I add to that is I'm I am I'm still standing by the fact that I think New Day are at their lowest ebb and completely on their way out because the fact that they've got Xavier Woods with a massive backpack wandering out doing this dressed as Razor Ramon for some random reason is you know right. So what else did you uh, what else did you think was uh, was was a was a low ebb Joe that we we can start to dissect. Well, I think, I think it's so. I think in terms of pay per view, it started off really well. I think, and we had a couple of title changes quite quickly, and I thought that was quite impressive. I, I really, I like, I sort of liked the return of Becky, and then I wasn't really convinced by what they did with Becky at the time, and I thought, God, that's a bit of a slap in the face for Bianca. Uh, Belair, who I think has done quite well as champion, but I am going to, which is unusual for me, give WWE the benefit of the doubt on that one and let them have SmackDown or so to see if they make that make sense. If that makes sense, I thought it was a bit of a slap in the face for Bianca at the time. I was pretty unimpressed by it because I'm not a massive Becky Lynch fan. Um, so that so um, that's a really interesting one for me. 
And then the other thing that they, that I really wasn't a fan of was the return of Brock Lesnar. So if we take both those things as slightly separate then. Yeah. So Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Um, what was your initial thoughts, Luke, when Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair started, that, ring, that, that bell rang, and then 26 seconds later, Becky Lynch was holding the title above her head? What was your initial thoughts? Well, I immediately messaged both of you saying, what the F? Because... <laughs> Because yeah. I, just, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't believe it, to be honest. I mean, I, I kind of knew it was going to happen as soon as I had, I knew that, Be- that Becky Lynch would win that belt if, because they've got a match, because they're not going to make, they're not going to get it to lose, are they? But I didn't think that they should do it in five seconds. I, th- I thought they'd at least have a match for like 10, 15 minutes or, you know, it, if Becky's not up for that because she's only just come back, then don't have a match. Like, just come out and say, I, I'm, I want that title next or something. Um. I personally think it was really poorly done. I think it's just, it's, it's basically showing that her and Charlotte Flair are just on a pedestal above everyone else. No one else matters. Bianca Blair, like, was basically shown to be the crappiest and the weakest, not the strongest. Um, and it just made a joke of the last year, really, I thought. I think I've heard rumours since. I don't know if anyone else has heard rumours about what Becky's asked for and how they're bringing her back. So I heard this week that Becky is coming back as a heel and they want her and she wants to be a heel. It's her request. Um, knowing that there's better ways to do this. Yeah. Knowing that there's better ways for her to have won that belt. If she cheated to win, if she'd nailed Bianca Belair with a chair, if they'd gone for three minutes, let's say Bianca got loads of offense and Becky was like, oh, whoa, I'm out of my depth here. And then she cheated to win. You'd go, OK, well, that's the story. Or, or anything else. <laughs> the fact that it took her 10 minutes to get to the ring, get rid of Carmella and dance around, you know, and, and do all of that stuff was winding me up because I was like, well, now that, that, that you're just taken away from the match. And all right, if Becky's not up to the match, she could have done something, something there. But then I'm also with Joe because I'm thinking, well, it's going to, what happens on Friday? We're recording this on the Thursday. What happens on tomorrow's SmackDown? is going to be really important. But if they want Becky Lynch to be a heel and they want Bianca Belair to be cheered, both of those are going to have to give the promos of their lives over the next couple of SmackDowns because there is, they've got an uphill battle if they want Becky to be booed and um, Bianca to be cheered. And we don't... And, and, and um, uh, God, I'm taking the side of WWE here, which is very unusual for me. But we also don't know the... We don't know the, the situation with Sasha Banks as well. And they did promise... Like, that was probably... I mean, I'll, I'll leave you guys to talk about it later, but in terms of the matches that you're looking forward to in terms of wrestling, you're probably talking Seth Rollins and Edge and Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair as the two like key wrestling matches on this card. And to take Sasha Banks out of, out of that match really last minute, what do you do? I mean, do you you, you can't you, you can't just put Carmelo on it. So you either scrap the match completely or you do something which might not be well received. And this wasn't, I don't think, that well received. I don't know about you two, though, but I'd heard that Sasha Banks wasn't wrestling her about a week before the event, though. Yeah, same. I was going to say, which for me, that makes it poor because you're basically just lying to everyone that she's still going to be on the pay-per-view. And like, the, 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 There's going to be fans going to watch Sasha Banks there. Like, I love Sasha Banks and stuff. So I, I, think, I, I think that's quite I poor. I thought that Becky was enough that you would be like, well, we were going to get like Sasha Banks, but we've got Becky, so that's okay. I think I, I agree with you. I think it was 
not well. If she wasn't ever going to wrestle, why did you like promote her on the pre-show? You don't need to say she's not wrestling. You could just do less. They even it, it was the fact they even showed the package before they yeah. showed the full Sasha Banks versus Becky versus Bianca sorry package before she even came out, yeah. and they were advertising it on the Friday, going into the pay per view on the Saturday. For me, you could have easily gone. There's someone else. Someone else is here to challenge you. There's a mystery opponent, whatever. And we might have known it's Becky. But let's face it, if anything, that would have made it more exciting if we'd kind of even teased the fact it's Becky, because I'm sure we'll get to someone else's debut on a different company, because I think that played into SummerSlam. Yeah. Everyone knew he was showing up, and all that did was made you more excited, to be fair. So, yeah, I kind of get the leaving it a surprise, but it, that was the perfect example of what Joe said at the beginning. That's your five minutes. Becky Lynch coming out, and you were really chuffed, and you're really impressed. You're thinking, oh, you know what? This is special. She beats Bianca in 26 seconds, and it just completely deflates you. Because yeah. you're like... It was yeah. like, it was like she's coming out. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't... Oh, you wasted it. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly that. Um, you said that Brock Lesnar was your other other thing you were unhappy about. Now, you've, you're probably in the minority for that fact. Why was that, Joe? I'm pleased he's back. But what was the point in him being back for this, for doing that? I don't. I just don't. I don't. I didn't get it. And I just. I. I really didn't like the. I'm going. I didn't like the Goldberg versus Lashley match, and I wish they'd have just held off on that, um, and then done a, a Lashley versus Lesnar match, rather than have Lesnar come out and do nothing. Again, I think I'll give it the benefit of the doubt in terms of wait till SmackDown, but he took like five or six minutes to walk to the ring, sort of bounced around a bit. They didn't say anything, didn't do anything. And then Roman Reigns left. And I was like, well, what's, what's the point? You did that with Cena, but he's like, so don't do it. Like it's two pay-per-views in a row. I'm pleased. I, think, back. I just don't think it was, a, I don't think he was a very good, I don't think it was well used. The other thing in, in the, cause both me, both we text before the SummerSlam saying, um, they better not. They better not rely on returns for SummerSlam. Yeah, that that can't be the big deal for SummerSlam. They can't rely on returns because if they do, it cheapens it. Particularly because CM Punk had just gone to AEW, and this I, I don't know if it was ever the plan. It doesn't feel like it was the plan. It feels like they've 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 jumped the gun by about a month on both of these people. Yeah, but this was a phone call on Saturday morning or whenever or Friday night or whenever it was to Becky and Brock saying we need you. You've got to come back. You've got to do something here for at least one of them. I can't believe both of them was meant to be returning at SummerSlam. I, I can't do it. I think Brock Lesnar was definitely that. That situation was like, crap. Punk looked pretty good. What have we got? We've got... We could get Braun Strowman back. Nah. <laughs> um, not sure who else is available. Brock Lesnar? Yeah. We'll give him a, Just chuck a load of money at him and hope, like, hope him bouncing around enough to satisfy the crowd. Can I say, I forgot how massive he is. Like he was next to Roman Reigns. Like he looked, he's making Roman Reigns look small. He's absolutely oh, he, massive. He's bigger though. I swear he's bigger. I don't, I don't know if I've like you and I've forgotten how big he was, but he looked. He's he's the only man in the world I know that makes a top knot look intimidating. <laughs> and he, I mean, my word. And um, if they don't do Heyman on a pole at, at Extreme Rules, then I'm not interested. To be completely frank with you, because Paul Heyman did his best work in that ring, yeah. wordlessly. He did his best work. He looked incredible. The whole thing was brilliant. He, he is a quality actor. Right, guys, on, on that note, I'm going to have to shoot off if that's all right. Um, I'll leave you to dissect the um, Big E versus Baron Corbin um, pre-show match and start from there and then work your way through. 
um, have a good evening. Thanks, guys, mate. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, see you later. Bye. This is where all the listeners switch off because we've talked about all the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, we still haven't. Yes, we, I mean, I know that people are really, really excited to find out what we thought about Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. So they're going to have to wait with bated breath. You know, when you're just sitting there and suddenly you get asked a question like this? Honey, what film are we watching tonight? And your heart sinks. You know that if you get this question wrong, you're probably going to have a fight. You might even get divorced. So you panic and you think, how about one involving an exoskeleton? And then you hear, yeah, but which one? involving an exoskeleton and then you've got nothing you've called for an exoskeleton movie and you haven't got one in your locker well the great news is there's a new podcast out that covers lists on all kinds of movie related trivia it's that movie list podcast so the next time you make outlandish suggestions like exoskeletons funniest films or explosions and you end up getting it wrong and you end up having a fight and probably getting divorced at least you'll have someone to blame that movie list podcast by views from a sofa network. Um, we have talked about some of the big stuff. There is some stuff to mention. We're still going to talk about things because we've got where that leads to for both those matches and where we think it's going next. Um, Big E versus Baron Corbin then just to go straight back down. Did you watch the pre-show? I did actually. Yeah, because I don't know. I thought because it was SummerSlam, I wanted the whole experience of what was going on before. Um, I wish I never. <laughs> did you, did, you didn't watch the full interviews and everything, did you? Yeah, I watched literally everything. Did you watch the whole panel? Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do that. It used to be, pre-shows used to be two or three matches and they were dead interesting. But now it's it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. I was, I was, I was interested, first of all, to see what match was coming on um, if, and if there was a match. And I was also interested to see if they were going to say anything about the Sasha Banks situation, which they which they're never. <laughs> no, I, which again is, is proper shocking and we'll get to. Um, so what do you think of Big E versus Baron Corbin? Yeah, I, I thought... I thought it was a fine, fine enough match. Um, I like how Corwin was basically just trying to make sure that he could just run away with a briefcase instead of being worried about winning the match itself. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like nothing really to it. Just a match. I liked it. Decent enough for a kickoff show. It's it's exactly that. It was decent for a kickoff show. And I think I watched the kickoff show because the Mysterios. Um, was it the Mysterios won the belt on the kickoff show last time? Was it? Was that what happened last time? Mysterios no, the Uso, won the Uso, Uso, sorry, of course they did, yeah. yeah. Uso's won the belt for the Mysterios in the last kickoff show. Yeah. So I thought there might be something big here, and Big E versus Corbin, and it went the right way. Big E beat Corbin. I like a good story match where there's a clear story and there's a bit of a tale there, but it went the way it went. I think for SummerSlam, what this suffered from was, I think there was only two matches, really, out of the 10 or 11 on the card that you didn't know the outcome to. Yeah. I think all the way through, you're watching it going, these matches are good. These are decent. It's solid, but I know he's winning all the way up to the main event. And I, I couldn't quite get past that with every single match. And I think that was the main problem with it. They were big matches. They were good matches, but I couldn't quite get past them. Um, are you talking about the women's, the women's triple threat and yeah. Seth Rollins edge is exactly that. They were the two yeah. matches. I was absolutely where I had that little bit of doubt. Yeah. But even then, we talked about it enough that I'd kind of convinced myself that I knew who was winning those ones. So we'll get to those. RK Bro versus AJ and Omos for the um, Raw Tag Team Championships. And much to my delight and the delight of everybody else, RK Bro actually managed it and actually did the job. What did you think of the match? And is it the right outcome? 
Yeah, so I, I, I thought this was one of the better matches of the night. To be honest, I thought it was a good way to start off the, you know, the main card. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I'm like I say, I'm, I'm glad we had new, we got new new tag team champions. Um, I don't think there's anything like particularly special in the match, but it's one of those where because the outcome was right, you you come away thinking, yeah, that was that was good. It was decent. It was a perfect start of a feud. Like it was the perfect yeah. beginning of the because this is technically I know it feels like we've been dancing around this for about a month, but this is the beginning of this feud. So they are easily gonna have a rematch at Extreme Rules, and that'll be when they show stuff off. Because this was only about seven or eight minutes long. It wasn't a long match at all, which was kind of a blessing. Felt that felt all right. That I felt the perfect amount of time for it. But this was um, this was a beginning, and they'll have a decent. You know, some random thing, some random stipulation, something weird at Extreme Rules, and they will, uh, and hopefully RK Bro will keep the titles. And like I said, I've said it a few times now, they they, they better keep these titles till uh, Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble, keep the titles till then. I mean, the other thing I'd say is, I don't know who's next for RK Bro. You mean after AJ Amos? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. I was trying to think that, you know, maybe they'll just go with this for a few months and. And then and then start building towards the split. I don't know. It's the draft in October, so draft end of October after Crown Jewel. So hopefully that'll switch it up, and we've built some decent tag teams by then because they need decent opponents. But I need to keep the belts for a while. Right then, Alexa Bliss versus Carmella. Um, this was like short, sweet. Uh, got out of the way, little palate cleanser and just did what it had to do and move on. Um, any kind of massive things you want to say about Alexa Bliss versus Carmella? Um, versus Eva Marie. <laughs> oh, I put Carmella. I put Carmella on me thing. Yeah, it's, it is Eva Marie. That's how, that's how, that's how little that's this how mattered to me. That's how memorable it was. That I've just switched out a complete different wrestler for it. It was Eva Marie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. This, this was one of the lower points for me. I know it was kind of nothing really, but it was just... I mean, to start things off, I know this is a bit random, but I think Elizabeth coming out in broad daylight doesn't really help the gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't but, even um, think that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and then the whole dewdrop thing, I mean, I find that whole storyline a bit strange because they basically started it off more or less straight away within the first two weeks that they're going to break up between her and Eve Marie. So, um, yeah, it was just a, just a bit nothing, really. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of Eve Marie. Well, it looks like it's going to be Eva Marie versus Dewdrop next. That's okay. not an ex- that's not an Extreme Rules match, is it? Wouldn't have thought so. I mean, it's not one, not one they normally wants to watch. I mean, this isn't a SummerSlam match, to be fair. But I'm, I'm you look down it and you go, well, without this, you've only got. Well, I suppose you've you've got well, you've you've only got three women's matches on this whole card out of out of eleven, and one of those matches didn't even really happen. So I'm assuming that's why it's on this card, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even Marie versus Dewdrop's got to be a raw next week, one and done, surely. Yeah. I mean, the most interesting thing about this match, and I wrote this down because I remember reading it thinking, that's great, is that someone had a sign in the crowd that said, even Marie is worse than an airport tuna sandwich. <laughs> they did, and I spotted that, and it was brilliant. And then what made that worse is that the commentator also read yeah. that sign out. Yeah. Like you're burying your own people here. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was a great insult. It's a great insult. It's it's a perfect insult and and absolutely accurate as well. Yeah. I mean, 
Wow. She, 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 she reminds me of someone. I'm, I, I didn't watch it back in the day, but you and, I remember you, Joe, talking to me about some of the women wrestlers, you know, back then the, the, in the diva days and stuff. She reminds me of someone who would fit in well in that sort of era, but just not not now. She's She's got better. I know as bad as that sounds, she's actually got better. She's got better than she was before. And what she's very good at is she now makes being beaten convincing. She takes yeah. bumps really well. And she was she took Alexa Bliss's offense really well. But it's one of those situations where you go, and this is this is a complete story-based match. It's not you're not here for the spectacle of the wrestling, like maybe Seth versus Edge. But I don't care about the story. So I don't yeah. care about the match. Yeah. You know, it, it just it, it's such a random choice. And uh, we'll talk about where Alexa Bliss is going when we get to later in the match, later in the yeah. card. I mean, I don't know if you heard it, but I heard I heard we want Wyatt chance as well. Oh yeah. The match, oh which yeah. Which obviously always going to happen, but then like they didn't really do anything of that of the caliber of the fiend. So you know, Lily, they were just like slapping around around the face, but then she doesn't do anything. Like there's no possession thing. There's no you know, flying around the ring. <laughs> I know you can't, and it's really hard to do that sort of thing, but I don't know, just like really poor. I just thought it was quite poor. Alexa Bliss's gimmick was a lockdown gimmick at best. Mm. It, yeah. was a, it was a Thunderdome gimmick at best. It worked yeah. best when they could do camera trickery and stuff. The Fiend never really worked as a wrestler. He was much better as promos and as spectacle. And Alexa's a proper budget Fiend, so it, it's never going to look good. And I think they need to, they need to move her away from from this gimmick because it just it's just not working. And she she her her popularity with the crowd is diminishing. She was not getting. I mean, they were silent for this match after RK Bro versus AJ. Yeah. You know, absolutely silent. So yeah, if you compare that to the last pay per view, because she got quite a good reaction then. Yeah, yeah. Whether she was whether she was kind of honeymoon period for the crowds, maybe. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, then we got a complete. Shift change for um, Damian Priest versus Sheamus for the uh, United States ta- Championship, and after a, a fairly competitive match and a fairly decent match, and I thought this this actually surprised me for how good Damian Priest looked in it. I think I, I rate Sheamus. I think Sheamus is a great wrestler. He's he's a proper veteran wrestler. He's exactly the kind of person you need to go against people like Damian Priest. But Priest gave a really good account of himself. But without surprise, we all called it. Damian Priest ended up with the title in the end. Um, what did you think? Obviously, I think we all agreed it was the right decision, but what was your thoughts on the match? Yeah, same. Same as you, I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, again, like there's not, wasn't too many like massively standout moments for it, but I just thought it was a really decent like back and forth between them both. Like I said, glad, glad that Priest won. Um, I was thinking like, if you're someone who only watches pay-per-views, like, he looks like a massive star. Like, because it was a WrestleMania with Bad Bunny, who everyone liked. Who all the kids love. Um, then he was at like, then he beat, I can't remember what, was it Backlash when he had the zombie thing? Like, yeah, that's true. Was, yeah, of course. Was a big thing. And then there's obviously this one, and now he's won the title. So, so I just found it quite funny that, like, if you were someone just watching pay per views or not that into it, you'd probably think he's like proper decent. But yeah, no, I think he's doing, he's, he's doing all right, isn't he? He's getting better. He's, he's, it's not that he's getting better. I'm, he's going up in my estimations. Like, he's looking more and more like, a star and he's looking more and more like he needs to be where he is on the card. And, you know, I'm, I'm not to just completely ruin raw for you, but he's in the main event picture at the minute. He was, he's okay. the one, he's the one in, in, in amongst Bobby Lashley and in amongst oh, really? those people up there. Yeah. 
now. But, I think. Yeah, so I, I, I was going to say I was waiting. Like, now is when the title. I was going to wait to start losing matches because that's normally what happens. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I think the problem is when and I heard someone else say this on a different podcast. He could be the sole face at Raw at the minute. Because who else? If you look down Raw's card, who else really is there? That's that's your your argument would be Drew McIntyre, but he's done it. Like Drew's Drew's on the dissension at the minute. He's not going up the card. Damian Priest is the 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 big momentum face at the moment. So, yeah. you know, the problem they're going to have is where does he actually go from here? And I think it's probably going to be Priest versus Sheamus again at Extreme Rules. I think the way it's going, it's Extreme Rules is going to be a massive. SummerSlam rematch card essentially before they do the draft. Yeah. So be interesting to see where it goes. Right. Usos versus the Mysterios for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Again, no surprise. Usos retained. We all guessed it was going to be the way. It made the most sense. Um, and the Mysterios lost it again in a in a fairly com- competitive, fairly decent match. The only problem I have with this is we have seen this in every single permutation we can see it over the last five weeks or something. Like it's been Jay versus Dominic, Jimmy versus Ray, then Jimmy versus Dominic. Then, you know, it's just been every single permutation you can have since um, the last pay-per-view. I can't remember what the last pay-per-view was, but since the last pay-per-view. And we're just kind of done with it. This offered absolutely nothing new and we knew what the result was going to be. So I'm not saying the match was bad, but I kind of zoned out. I was just waiting for the bell to ring. That's how bad it was. I don't know about you. Yeah. So again, I thought I thought it was a pretty good match. Like I say, because I've had a few a few now. I think the, their previous matches have been have been quite decent, to be fair. Um, but like I say, because they've done it over and over again, you just kind of lose a bit of interest and with everything else going on on the pay-per-view you just it just kind of loses loses itself in the card a little bit doesn't it so i just hope they move on from it now i, I just hope they don't keep this feud up any longer i don't know i don't know if they do it on raw but i hope that's no, it. i hope that's it now they're 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 the smackdown team aren't they so we don't know oh, yet. sorry smackdown yeah but i mean i'm thinking i'm thinking this has got to be the breakup of the mysterios on it yeah is that something you'd be interested in for extreme rules um yeah it's watchable um I think extri- I don't know what would they do like a kendo a kendo match. <laughs> I don't know. I quite liked. Was it Joe last week? It said mask mask or, or or fight for the name or whatever it would yeah. be. Do you know what I mean? So you know, whoever wins, they get to keep the Mysterio name. The other one leaves because yeah. I mean Ray's doing well, but Ray's old, and he's. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's probably time that he left. The other one loses an eye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he's done well for a man who was blinded, what, a year ago? Yeah, he's two, done well for me who had his complete eyeball ripped out of his socket. <laughs> Whoa, how quickly wrestling fans move on. How quickly WWE moves on from that. Either, either, you still couldn't be in the same building as the guy who tried to take your eye out of the socket. Like, for me, I couldn't be in the same building. That would still be brawling with Seth Rollins still. Like, you took my eye, man. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's okay because it's back in. It's working perfectly. Yeah, wor- working perfectly perfectly um okay so we did a lot of talking about becky versus bianca um uh already when when joe was here uh i think we kind of made our thoughts clear on that and what was going to happen to smackdown um do you think um now's the right time to bring becky back 
Do you think this was the right decision? You know, all right, beating her in 26 seconds, we kind of decided is not the right decision or it definitely hinges on what happens on Friday. Do you think it was right to bring Becky back now anyway? I mean, was this the best solution with, with Sasha not being there? Would you have done something different or would you have been happy with Becky coming back and that was it? I mean, what I thought was going to happen when Becky came out is that they'd have a triple threat and then Carmella could take the pin and then they'd have a feud. Then Bianca Belair wouldn't lose the belt, um, and then Becky wouldn't. Because I, I, I feel like it, I feel like it makes people turn, it turns people against Becky a little bit. Yes, yeah. as well. So I think we, we've, I've been expecting Becky to come back for a while. So I think it is the right time. I think they need to freshen it up a little bit. And it's you know obviously she's massive, um, but I just think they've done it in completely the wrong way, personally. The pro- the problem is it leaves a bit of a sour taste because of what happened to Kofi Kingston. And the fact that Kofi Kingston just disappeared, he got beat in a very, very short amount of time. And I mean, we don't even, we literally don't know where he is. He's, he's, uh, I don't know what's going on with Kofi Kingston because he's not on, he's not been on TV. Xavier Woods has been pulling solo duty as a New Day member at the minute. But this, it felt like that. And it's, it's going to be completely on what Bianca does. Can Bianca feel like a competitive champion again? Um, I still think that they're not going to get Becky booed. They're not. They're just not going to get. She's such a popular person, and she's such a. I understand why she wants to be a heel. She's looking over at Roman Reigns, going, "Look at him. Look at what he gets. Look at that." But I just, I just can't imagine the amount of time she's been out that they're going to manage to get her to be the proper heel here. So I just think this is going to be one of those really weird feuds where no one really knows who they should be cheering for, which means you don't really care that much about it, and you just need to move beyond it. So, and the thing is, like, I, I don't know if they're going to drag it out or if if that is going to be the feud. But Bianca's not winning it back, so no, that's true. So that's it's, true. Just it's just going to be completely pointless two or three months where Becca's just going to beat her all the time. The the, the tricky, I mean, they drastically need the draft at this yeah. point because they made a bold decision putting Becky on SmackDown. They've stacked their deck because Becky's on SmackDown. Brock Lesnar's going to be on SmackDown, and you're looking. I mean, you know. Again, for Raw, it was a very, very, very mediocre average Raw. There was nothing on Raw. You could, like, I'm literally telling you stuff happening on Raw, and I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything for you because <laughs> you'd have got through the three hours and gone, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. You've saved you know, three hours of my life. And yeah, that's appreciate it. it. I mean, they, they, they're advertising matches for next week off the back of some of the stuff that happened on Raw, and you're going, that's not. It's not going to get people watching. That's not the big match that's going to get people going, oh, I cannot wait to see the blow-off for this thing. It's just not It's not do you, there. Do you think they're giving up on Raw? Do you think they're ever just going to one show? I think they're making a point because um, AEW's got their Friday Night Rampage and because CM Punk's back and they pulled 1.1-something for a show that starts at 10 o'clock at night on a Friday, which is, which is impressive for AEW. I think they are making a point of going SmackDown doesn't get beat. SmackDown does not get, I mean, SmackDown's pulling over 2 million viewers easily each week, but I think they're just getting a little bit wary because the rumours are that Daniel Bryan's covered. That CM Punk made a comment yesterday, um, last night on, on Dynamite, that, you know, the crowd were doing the yes chant, and he made a point of going, that's not a chant for me, guys, but you won't, wait, you won't have to wait too long before you do get to do that. You know, you're going, oh, okay, fair enough. So Daniel Bryan's showing up. There's rumours they've signed Bray Wyatt. You know, you're looking at that going, that's a big, that's big, big names moving over there. So I think they're just making sure that their flagship show on a proper network like Fox does not get beat at all. 
And unfortunately, that does mean they're just kind of leaving Raw to the doldrums a bit, and they're just not putting the same effort in. And there is stories to tell. You can tell decent stories, but they're just not doing it. Yeah. So it's a bit, it's a, it's a bizarre one. So, but I mean, once Becky has dispatched Bianca, who's who's next? That's the problem because there's just no one else. Yeah, would well, it be Charlotte Flair at Survivor Series, wouldn't it? If the history yeah. Charlotte keeps the belt, and that's then, a big match. Then, that's then huge. You know, yeah, then before you know it, Royal Rumble. That's true. And with the draft, I mean, the, the the thing they need to do is start bringing people up from NXT drastically. Because yeah. anyone coming up from NXT, they can make, if they're going to make Becky a heel, anyone from NXT, they can make a face. Anyone, regardless of what they are already. And Yeah, I mean, the, the boss didn't know they had Shotzi. They've yeah. got um, Tegan Knox. They've got um, Tony. Have they got Tony Storm? Tony Storm did show up, but I, she, she, I think she wrestled one match in the last three weeks and I've not seen okay. her since. But yeah. But they've got people, you know, you've got. Um, Gonzalez is waiting to come up. It's been um, Io Shirai has been desperate to come up for, for for months and months, and Io Shirai should be amazing. That would be a great match with Becky Lynch. Also, what's happened to Oscar? I feel That's like I've just, I feel like I've forgotten about her. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Where's Oscar? That's a fair point. That would be huge as well. Yeah, she needs she needs to go up against Becky at some point as well. The the draft could throw some interesting stuff, but. We just hope. I just, I'm just really hope that Bianca doesn't suffer. That's that's the, the big thing here. The, the, there's a, there's a story there because Becky Lynch basically gave her the belt, didn't she, when she left? If you if you did like it exactly, because if you did like an open challenge type thing or one of those classic, there's no one left, and Asuka's music hit. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. That's huge. Asuka versus Becky's a massive match. So that's fair. But no, I don't. I have no clue where she is. That's a fair. That's a fair. That's absolutely a fair question. Um. Right, so after Becky beats Bianca Belair in 26 seconds, to really help us get over that, they gave us Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Now, if if a, if a match suffered from what went before, it was this match, which thankfully lasted about seven or eight minutes. Drew McIntyre dispatches Jinder Mahal with no problem at all. Um, anything to say about Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal? I mean, I honestly paid zero attention to it because i was just thinking about what happened before like yeah, that's fair and i think that's when, and most of the crowd were doing the same thing um so i'm i just find this whole thing really strange with drew mcintyre with the sword and like, as if he's is like is he actually going to kill someone like, live on stage it just i don't get it like it's just so so random and and like i said nothing nothing progressed in this it was just drew mcintyre just beat jinder mahal and that was it yeah and and you know this isn't this isn't carrying on. This is the end of that feud. So this this you know Jinder and Drew didn't have any interaction on Raw. He's moved he's moved on to somewhere else now. So it, this was absolutely one of those stopgap feuds that I can't stand because it just doesn't help anyone. No one's looking at this going well. Jinder's a real competitor, and yeah. Drew is is just if he's not stagnating, he's moving down the card. They need to really do something to rebuild him again. So for me, you move him to SmackDown or you turn him heel. Yeah. They're the two things you do. But they're running out of faces, to be completely honest with you. Every, they, everyone's turning heel. Um, just chopped off Shanky's arm. That would have made it more interesting. <laughs> he swung like. He absolutely swung at the end of the match. Proper swung the sword. And even then I was going, what What do you want us yeah. to believe? Because if you made contact, that's it. Yeah. You've killed You've killed a guy and you've ruined your life, let alone your career. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, then we had... 
Charlotte Flair versus Nikki Ash versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title in a triple threat. Um, this, again, it, it was one I was kind of interested in because I didn't genuinely didn't know who was going to win it between Charlotte and Nikki. Rhea was never winning this match. But between Charlotte and Nikki, I didn't know where this was going to go. Um, and very quick, well, it kind of, I thought it was going in the way that I believed it would because I picked Nikki, you picked Charlotte. Yeah, because it was all Charlotte and Rhea. Nikki was very, very little in this match for big chunks of it, and I thought, ah, what they're doing is she's going to steal the win. Um, and then she had some decent offense. The match was 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 decent. It did what it did. But then Charlotte Flair got the win in the end, and she managed to beat and she beat Nikki of all people. She didn't pin Rhea. She pinned Nikki. So you know, it kind of put a big full stop on. That's it. Your reign's over. You're done. We're done with this. Um, and to the point where Charlotte is not facing either Nikki or Rhea for extreme rules. We've moved, we're, we're moving completely beyond those two and she's got herself a new opponent. Now, before we talk about her new opponent, um, what did you think of the match? Yeah, I thought it was, so before the match started and this really annoys me, I don't know if it annoys you, but Nikki, Nikki Ash came out first, right? And she's the champion. Yeah. And then maybe massive. Then, and then Charlotte Flair. And I'm like, Nikki's the champion, so why isn't she coming out last? Like, just because Charlotte's the biggest name, like she comes out last, and that just and that happened before as well when she beat Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley came out first, and she was the champion. I was just so that that to me kind of predetermines who's going to win already. I I go with that. They I didn't they do exactly the same with Bobby Lashley as well. I swear Bobby Lashley came out first and Goldberg came out second. Yeah. And I can't. I'm completely with you. I don't care who the bigger name is. The champion comes out second. Yeah. Absolutely, because the other thing that annoys me, I, I, it's a, it's a petty thing, and it won't bother most people. But for me, the only people who should get pyros for their entrances are champs. Okay. I hate that everyone gets pyro, because if you don't have pyro in your entrance, but the competitor does, you don't look as good as they do. Like yeah. there is no reason that every single time Edge comes out on Raw, he gets pyro. It's just it just looks. Or Goldberg comes out, he gets pyro. For me, yeah. it's. Pyro is the champ. It's a big deal. The champ is here to to. Coin yeah, you're, ba- you're basically saying this person is great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It just diminishes it. I, it winds me up that yeah. it always has done. But and there's there's a few things in wrestling that wind me up along those same lines. I can't stand when two people are fighting in a ring, a third person comes out and they start interrupting. It goes to an ad break, and when it goes to the ad break, I go. They've sanctioned a triple threat or they've sanctioned a mixed tag. Two people came out to help the heel or to help the face. Oh, all of a sudden it's a frigging tag team match. Oh yeah. yeah, It's I hate that formula. I hate it. It happens every week. It happened again on raw this week and you just, I know it's coming. It winds me up. It's a little detour there, but yeah, another one of those is exactly that. The the challenger should always come out before the champion. Um, But in in terms of the match itself, I thought thought the crowd reaction was really strange in this one. They They didn't really, react to anything that just kind of again stayed a bit quiet on 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 this one I just i don't know i just thought it was a bit like they certainly weren't massively behind nikki ash or anything you know no it just feels like her right her whole reign was just a bit pointless really the money in the bank cashing was put like the whole that whole briefcase was pointless i mean if you think about it, her whole storyline was based on being the superhero and you know if you try you know you can follow your dreams and all that sort of stuff but she basically like Pin Charlotte Flair when she was already damn beaten, <laughs> and then lost every week. Yeah, um, and then just lost the championship because she's not good enough. So that's so that. There's your dream, ladies. 
you've absolutely, you're absolutely bang on there. You're absolutely bang on her message is just keep trying and you can achieve. And she didn't. No, <laughs> that's perfect. Um, it, it's, it is, she was, it, you can't have the underdog be the champ. You can't have the underdog already be the champion. And that was the problem with this. They booked Nikki Ash as an underdog, even though she was the champ all the way through. So you never believe she was going to win this. It, yeah. it, it, she almost should have cashed in what people have done before. So like the likes of your John Cena's and people is they win money in the bank and they come to the ring and go, I'm cashing it in and I'm going to face the cha- champion at the next pay-per-view. Because, you know, they, you don't have to do it. It's a heel gimmick, really, money in the bank. It doesn't work with faces, but when they've done it before, they've cashed it in and said, but in two weeks, I'm going to have my match with you. Nikki could have done that. Yeah. And then for two or three weeks, you've got her building up to facing Charlotte. And, you know, and you're really thinking there's no way she's going to do this. There's no way she's going to do this. And mm. she could have beat her. And then we could have had a month. And you really believe, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Nikki's done it. And then Charlotte wins it back. And that's it. But at least then you get a bit of a feel good. This was, you know, she was fighting up a hill battle from the very beginning. Yeah. And if you, if you think Money in the Bank as well, if you look at Big E, you're like, he hasn't, like the most interesting thing that's happened with his briefcase is someone stole it. Which happens every time. For a week. Which happens every <laughs> he, time. He hasn't used it at all. He hasn't threatened anyone. He hasn't done anything with it yet, has he? No, I mean, he obviously, hasn't at all. That's, obviously, that's a slow burner, but... but he's at least got to what i always liked about previous money in the banks is you when it's been most effective is when the match ends the champion wins it and he's knackered and he holds the belt up and then the music of the money in the bank champ hits and you're just there going is he is he is he and he just stands there and just kind of holds his briefcase up like i could but i'm not going to you know just just i'm still here don't forget about me and he's not even doing that He's, he's clearly going to be a case of, we're not yet Big E, just stay back. Because you're nowhere near Brock Lesnar's reign. You're nowhere near, you know, the level of those people at all. We've got other things in the pipeline, but, you know, hopefully your time will come. Um, so I'm just hoping he doesn't go and Otis or or even a Nicky Ash or wherever, where by the time he does it, it's too little too late. Yeah, I, could, I can see him having that for a while and then, I don't know, cashing in on whoever the WWE champion is. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he won't go down the Roman Reigns route. I don't think so. Or if he does, you'd have to do it. You'd have to do it just as I said with Nicky Ash. You'd have to do it that he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna face you in two or three weeks," and you build that match, yeah. and you really get people behind Big E as he could do it. He could do it. You can't have Big E try and steal it off Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns is never gonna lose the belt that way. No. So there is, there is the only other way you could do it. Oh, we'll get to that in a bit. We'll get to that bit in a little bit then. Um, on Raw, Charlotte Flair comes out, does a celebration, puts, you know, does a whole um, shtick about how she's now a 12 times champ and so on and so forth. And then Alexa Bliss music's hit and Alexa Bliss comes out and there we go. Extreme Rules looks like it's probably going to be Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss. How do you feel about that one? Wasn't expecting that. To be fair. But then I suppose who else would there be? Um, yeah, a bit random. I mean, Alexa Bliss is clearly going to win because you can just hypnotizer, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, I cannot believe they've gone the Alexa Bliss route. I'll tell you what else happened on this on this roar as well is Shayna Baszler came back out of okay. the woodwork for the last. For, for, you know, she I don't know where she's been for two or three weeks, but Shayna Baszler came back, and the minute she came back, I went, "Well, there's Charlotte's next opponent." If Shayna Baszler's music had hit and she came at the top of the ramp. 
You, no one would have batted an eyelid. That is a proper opponent for Charlotte. Absolutely it is. But they're going Alexa Bliss instead and Shayna Baszler tagged with Nia Jax again this week. It's just, it's, it's, it, it, it's baffling. I just don't get the logic there. Yeah, and, and we said this with The Fiend as well. Like, you, you don't put those sort of characters in the title picture. No. No, they, you ruins, use... It ruins it. Exactly. You use those characters to enhance someone else. You use those characters to show this is a big story, big battle. They've overcome it or they didn't quite win it, but, you know, Alexa's moved on, so now they can move forward. But because either Alexa's going to beat Charlotte, which no one wants... Or Charlotte beats Alexa, and Alexa Bliss's character's even more weak and weakened even further. So it just doesn't doesn't make any sense. But now maybe a uh, Alexa's Funhouse Firefly was it Firefly Playground match at, uh, at Extreme Rules? Yeah, cool. maybe Nikki, almost a superhero, comes in to stop Alexa Bliss when he turns heel. Then they have a feud. Oh, Nikki, <laughs> Nikki, almost a superhero heel would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki almost a super heel. I'll tell that. Um, then order was resumed when Edge took on Seth Rollins. We had um, Seth Rollins come out um, looking all grand and grandiose in uh, essentially what looked like an Adamant tribute act. And then you had Edge appear in, first of all, his, his brood entrance, which which won't mean anything to you, but this is very, very old classic Edge um, and really cool brood music. Um, I really enjoyed that, by the way. I mean, like I said, I didn't have a clue what was going on, but I, I really enjoyed it. It's an old gimmick that wasn't. I didn't. I didn't rate that much when it was first happening. They were like a dark vampireish group that did like kind of dark, creepy stuff, like dropping blood on people and things like that. But it, it, I didn't take it that seriously the first time. But it's one of those that nostalgia just sees you through. You go, oh, I haven't seen this for ages. This is great. When you look back at it, you go, it wasn't great when he first did it. So I don't. It's not great now, really. Um, and then Edge beat Seth Rollins using classic Edge stuff. And I quite like that story. So, like, the Edge submissions and some old moves um, that we haven't seen in a while that I'd completely forgotten about, to be to be honest. Um, but it was decent. The match was, was, was exactly as we expected it to be. It was really good, really competitive, loads of false finishes, loads of really good falls, kicking out of finishes, all the rest of it. And the whole story of if Edge gets stomped, it's the end of his career as much as you didn't quite believe it, it was good and it was enough to see you through and, and to keep your interest in this. So this brought SummerSlam back up for me massively because we just had a proper midpoint lull. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this match and the last match were my favourite two of the night, to be honest. I mean, and and it's happened before, like it happened at WrestleMania. This shows you don't even need, you don't need a title on the line or anything for to have a really good match because this was better than most of the title matches on the show. Yeah, this is ex- that's exactly right. That's exactly right. If you can get, and the the thing with this is the story wasn't even that good. The story wasn't that great either. It wasn't the actual that you cared. It wasn't necessarily that you cared who won. It was just the idea of Seth Rollins is a great wrestler. Edge is a great wrestler. What will they put on? What kind of show are they going to put on? And and they absolutely delivered. I'm not con- I'm I'm not convinced this is over either. I think this is. Ex- I, it, I think WWE'd be stupid not to have them fight again. At Extreme Rules. I think give them a gimmick match at Extreme Rules that Seth Rollins wins, and then you can carry it on for a couple of couple of pay per views. I don't think anyone's going to mind that. Yeah, but I was I was trying to think who who would be both of their next opponents and struggling a little bit to be honest. I mean, I don't know what else does Seth Rollins do? Go for the Intercontinental Championship, maybe. It's not know. big enough, is it? It's not big enough that that feels like a step down. Seth versus Nakamura, as much as that's great. 
it doesn't feel like he's moved on. I think the next step for Seth is he's got to face Roman Reigns, but that's yeah. post Survivor Series, isn't it? That's that's Roman Reigns has got other competitors before he gets to Seth. So, mm. you know, we've got to keep Seth in a bit of a holding pattern, and Edge is the perfect one. Keep them going; they'll have great matches. It's just whether you get a bit bored of that on some on the SmackDown each week because they weren't really, other than the drop in the blood, which was great. That was that was a great little um, segment. It was a bit dull between the two of them when they were. You know, we were more excited about the prospect of the match than getting there and the promos getting there. So they'd have to do some work on that. But be interesting to see where it goes. I've just tweeted now what happened on SmackDown because I was like, "What's that weird black tar coming down on Seth Rollins?" Oh, it was blood because of the brood thing. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and I, I did. Think, I, I was trying to think of other other wrestlers that I haven't seen. That I haven't seen for a while. Um, who like what Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Finn Balor? Yeah, I mean the Finn. Finn we'll, we'll get to Roman Reigns in a bit, but Finn Balor's got to be Roman Reigns next, doesn't it? Yeah, because Le- Lesnar's not facing Reigns at Extreme Rules. That's not an Extreme Rules match. So I think you've got that Finn Balor's got to be Roman Reigns. But you have got, I mean, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins would be great. But it's it's been done. It's the problem with this: if you're not building anyone, properly building anyone, you're just going back to the same well each time. I suppose that's what's hard when you've got Roman Reigns as your champion when he's he's essentially fighting like part-timers. Yeah. So you're not really building anyone up to that level, are you? Because was it was it Edge at WrestleMania? Um, who was it after that? I can't remember, but obviously just John Cena just, just now. Um, Brock Lesnar maybe next. Well, that's it. I mean, but but what you could be, what you should be doing is you should be having your undercard stories as you as you're building your people. As the next step is that point. So for a little while, it looked like Big E's trajectory was he was going for Roman Reigns because they were really doing well at building him. I mean, usually the step is you go mid card belt, get that taken off you, couple, another decent feud you win, and then you're going for the championship. So you know that should be the route that Damian Priest takes. That should be the route that Nakamura kind of takes. You know. You mentioned the person after Edge. I think Cesaro was in the mix somewhere. Cesaro is a perfect example of how you build someone to be a decent competitor, but they're just not doing it. And, you know... Great wildcard choice by me, though. (laughs) He's got to come back at some point. He's got to come back at some point. I don't know where. I don't know where he's disappeared off to. But, you know, he could be be a Lashley competitor when they decide to do the draft, maybe. So... If Lashley gets to keep the belt past uh, Crown uh, Crown Jewels, which we'll see. Um, right then, talking of uh, Bobby Lashley, that takes us very nicely into Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. And I think the biggest surprise for all of us was the fact that this lasted longer than two minutes. It was a it was a seven minute with rest breaks, with a lot of stops, but it was a seven minute battle between Bobby Lashley and Goldberg where I only counted a couple of moments where I was. I mean, in seven minutes, that's Fairly poor, but there was only a couple of moments where I thought, oh, bloody hell, Goldberg, don't do that. Bloody hell, that was a bit dodgy. Um, But for the most part, this was all right, actually. I didn't hate it. It it came past without too much furore or too much issue. Um, The surprising thing for me was that Lashley won on a referee stoppage because Goldberg had the injury caused by MVP. Now, that was a very badly done. MVP hit Goldberg, and Goldberg either didn't feel it, his reaction was delayed, right? Was that yeah. the only person that saw that his reaction was really delayed to getting hit? 
because it was a moment where he hit him and then Goldberg kind of turned around. It's almost like MVP said, I've hit you, mate. He's like, oh, sh- yeah, yeah, that's the whole point of the match. I'll go down then. It was really weird. I'm pretty sure it was the wrong leg as well that he was, <laughs> he was, he was injured. That would not surprise me. That absolutely <laughs> would not surprise me either. Um, so before I thought, we talk- I, thought that, I thought that thing was a bit weird. And for me, the obvious route there is because it's not finished, which is disappointing. Oh, no, it's absolutely not finished. It's absolutely not finished. I mean, Saudi is the obvious one. And then Goldberg's going to win the title in Saudi. Well, not he could do. The only thing I'd say is that is his last match on his contract. Saudi is his final contracted match. So whatever his next match is, that's the last one he's got to do. And then he's gone. Now, it it completely depends on how much... I'd say WWE is Vincent Mann. It completely depends on how much Vincent Mann thinks Goldberg brings the money. But, you know, obviously after what happened at the end when Lashley accidentally... Um, put the hurt lock on Gage. Is his name Gage? I don't know. Goldberg's son. <laughs> Goldberg's son. When he put it on Goldberg's son, um, and Goldberg shouted to Lashley, "I'm gonna kill you!" As the uh, as we moved on to the next match, I was a bit shocked it didn't end. I was a bit shocked that wasn't the end of the feud. Um, but Saudi Arabia's around the corner in it, and you know Goldberg was not on Raw on Monday, so they're clearly just um, keeping that in the background. Uh, until October 21st, I think it is. So uh, when Goldberg comes back, Lashley versus Goldberg. Anything else you wanted to add to it? No, no. It's exactly like you said. I wasn't as disappointed as I thought I'd be. But I mean, there's a few moments where like, they landed on the head, which yeah. is a bit worrying. Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is, I suppose. Um, where's Lashley go for Extreme Rules though? I don't know. I mean, you've obviously seen Raw. I, 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 because I was thinking Crown Jewels was going to be Goldberg again. I thought this would be some random throwaway match. Well, on Raw, yeah, again, spoiling it for you, but on Raw, the main story was it was um, Lashley coming out, being victorious, trying to talk about how he's, he still beat Goldberg, no problem. Damian Priest comes out to say, shut up, you, you know, you're awful. They have a little scrap. Drew um, Sheamus comes out and knocks down um, Damien Priest. So Drew McIntyre comes out to save um, Damien Priest, and then guess what? Goes to an ad break, and when you come back, oh. it's a it's it's a tag match: uh, Bobby <laughs> oh, Lashley okay. and Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre and Damien Priest. And um, Sheamus then Drew, that's it. Bobby Lashley then leaves Sheamus to get beat, and then Sheamus goes and tries to attack Bobby Lashley backstage. So next week you've got Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus. I know. That's I know. Edge I mean, of your seat. That's the match then, because it can't be Drew McIntyre because he can't fight for it, can he? Because he's not allowed. That's true. I, I completely forgot about that aspect. So I just thought it can't be Drew McIntyre because he's just not there, to be honest yeah. with you. But you're right, he can't fight for it. Damon Priest, well, he's got a belt. That'd be strange. Um, so, yeah, it's got to be Sheamus then. Sheamus versus Lashley. I'd be right. I, I, I quite like, like Sheamus is a decent, like really decent wrestler. Yeah. No, he's, he's, this is the role for Sheamus. If you've got, if you're just, if we're just waiting for Lashley versus Goldberg in in, in a month and a half time, two months time, this is this is it. This is where Sheamus needs to be. He'll he'll give Lashley a good run for his money. That'll be fine. He's not going to win. Lashley gets a main event match. Why not? And that's it. So, yeah, that's that's. There's worse things. It just seems a bit random, and it proper shows that there's no one else on Raw. Yeah, there's absolutely no one else. I was thinking as well, if, if if Goldberg does win, I mean, I thought he had two matches left. So if you're saying one, then he probably won't win the title. But no, um, 
because I was thinking what what they would do then is Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series because they've been talking about that for ages. That's true. That's true. Reigns versus Lashley's a, a solid match though. That's mm. that's deep. actually Reigns versus Lashley could be really good as a Survivor yeah. Series match to be fair. So or or you know Lashley versus uh, Lesnar. Yeah. Because Lesnar could take it. Lesnar could take it. Before then, when would he take it though? Crown Jewel. Okay. Yeah, Reigns versus Lesnar's Crown Jewel. Every day of the week, that's Crown Jewel. That's not extreme rules. You're going to have Goldberg versus Lashley and Reigns versus Lesnar at Crown Jewel. Yeah. So, you know, they could they could give it to Lesnar. Maybe. Well, well, we've jumped a little bit ahead of ourselves because obviously we had the main <laughs> event, Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Um, again, this suffered from the fact that there was no possible way John Cena was winning this match, particularly when Roman Reigns said on Friday that the day before that if he loses, he's leaving WWE. The moment he said that, you went, oh, you've telegraphed it. There's absolutely no way that Cena's winning this then, is there? And it was just so unnecessary. There was no need to add that as a stipulation whatsoever. No, it's just such a stupid thing to say. I mean, whether he was told to or not, I mean... I listened to it back and they did mention it a few times, like, like very fleeting. It wasn't like a big stipulation in the match. But, no. Um, he mentioned it a few times on commentary, but like very passingly. Um, yeah, what's what strange. I mean, because obviously, like you say, that that's not going to happen, is it? So, you know, Romero's was definitely winning. And the match was good, to be fair. But the problem with that was the big false finishes that you thought, the big one, two, threes for Cena... You never, you know, ne- I never thought, I never believed it. And the best thing about Cena matches are those big moments where you think he's going to do this. He's actually going to win this. And he just never did at, at all. So it was, it was just, you never really believed he was ever going to go come close to it. It was a good match. It was, it was re- it was two professionals, really good wrestlers putting together a proper decent main event. And it did, ex- it absolutely did the job. So uh, yeah. Reigns wins. Reigns beats Cena really conclusively at the end to show that Roman Reigns is the best. And then, well, first of all, what did you, what did you think of the match itself? Yes, yeah, nothing to add, really. I just thought it was a really good match between two really good wrestlers. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting John Cena to like lift Roman Reigns and stuff like that, but he did. So, yeah, it was really decent, I thought. As someone who hasn't seen that much of a John Cena match, you've got, that was probably the one of the John Cena's best matches I've seen in a long time, as stupid as that sounds. It, it it didn't quite feel as formulaic as a John Cena match usually do. He's been known for having his five moves of death, five moves of doom, I think they're called, where essentially he, do, he, he does five moves. He has these five moves he gets and cycles through, takes a load of offense and then ends up winning. But right. it wasn't quite as bad as that. It wasn't quite that. So uh, that was, that was fair. That was, that was decent. Um, then Reigns holds his belt up in the air, has his big celebration at the end, gets the Hawaiian lei put round his neck, and Bobby Lashley's music hits. Not Bobby Lashley, Brock, Brock Lesnar's music hits. It's been, it's been a long podcast. Brock yeah. Lesnar's music hits, and he comes down the ramp. He, I don't know if he didn't realise the stairs weren't connected to the ring or not, but as he's walking up the stairs, because they've been shifted, there was a moment where it's like, oh, Lesnar, you're going to have to walk back down the stairs or jump it. What are you going to do here? But he just stepped across. He's, he's a big guy. Um, it was a cool moment. It was a very cool moment. And it was exciting to have Lesnar come back. But I agree with what Joe said. It feels the wrong time. It doesn't feel the right time to do it. Not when you know that Extreme Rules is the next is, is in a month. 
not crown jewel. It just, if you'd done this at the end of Extreme Rules, you'd go, perfect. I know where this is heading now. But this just feels very much like he's going to come back on Friday, do something on Friday, and then we're not going to see him again for a month and a half mm-hmm. until they build, hopefully build someone like Finn Balor, I guess, for, for, for Extreme Rules. What were your thoughts on Lesnar? No, I agree. Like, I was, it was great him coming. Like, it was great him coming out and seeing the crowd reaction and just just seeing how massive he was. Like I said earlier. Um, but yeah, I agree. If they're not going to do anything with it now, then it just feels just they've done it for the sake of it, just to try and get numbers. And we've got we've got Lesnar back. So Friday's show is going to be massive, though. Yeah, like I'm really looking forward to SmackDown because the Becky Lynch and the Lesnar sections alone are enough for you to be really interesting where it's going. And if they can do what they've done well before, which is just muddy it a bit, have Finn Balor come in there and make his case and say, well, just a second, Cena's had his, I'm next, it's not you, Lesnar, and just go down that route, then that'll make for some proper, interesting, decent storytelling and would kind of justify Lesnar not being around. And I'm just hoping they do something. I'm hoping Paul Heyman gets to be proper Paul Heyman where he's stuck between two people. I just really hope they do something like that because I think he'd be in his element with that. I think you're right. When you were saying earlier about Paul Heyman, like he he's great to watch during the matches as well, isn't he? Because like his reactions and you know, his wincing away and just like generally he's just very good to good to watch. I think he's really good. He makes you hate the heel even more. That's what I love about him. When the heels win in and you just catch Paul Heyman with a big, you know, dirty grin on his face and he's there and he's just, or when, and then even better is when the heel then starts to lose and Heyman's, you know, wide eyed and shocked. You can't believe it's happening. You just get even more into the yeah. match. It's great. And then when he comes out and gives the belt and is all smarmy, you just, just want to punch him in the face so yeah. badly. He's great. And he's, I think he's the, in, he's the best person in WWE on the mic. Without a doubt. Really good on the mic. Without a doubt. Without a That man could do anything. That man can do anything. Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt, the best man on the mic. Um, so, Lashley versus Reigns at Crown Jewel. The only thing I'd say is, if I was going to do a Money in the Bank cash-in, that might be when you do it. That might be the only time you do a convincing moment is when Reigns defeats Lashley, but he's done. He is absolutely at his wit's end and Big E comes in and defeats him. That's the only time I can see that you you, you use money in the bank. That was the only thought I had coming out of this. I'll tell you something else I thought as well at the end um, as a passing point very briefly. And then I've been thinking about it since and thought this, this, this could have been great. Was there was a moment when Lashley and Reigns were stood eye to eye looking at each other. And I just, a little part of me thought, shake his hand, shake his hand and just, have like a month of you two working together. Be a little tag team. A last, be both that. Heyman's organised Lashley and Reigns together. Lesnar. Would be a mate. Lesnar. I keep saying Lashley for God's sake. Lesnar. Lesnar and Reigns. Have both of those two together. Yeah. Lesnar, Reigns. Have those two as a tag team. Would be amazing. Yeah. There was a moment when I thought they might not hug, but they might just shake hands and that would be it. And you go, oh my God, is Lesnar working with Reigns? Is it all going to be Heyman men? And yeah, I'd have, I'd have taken that, but no. It's that would be a ridiculous going. tag team, wouldn't it? I mean, who's beating them? It doesn't quite work with the Usos as the champions either, does it? I don't quite. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't quite work that way. But, you know, it was, there was a moment when I thought that would be the way. That would be a good way to go. Um, 
so that's SummerSlam. That's SummerSlam taken care of. It'll be interesting to see where SmackDown takes us on Friday. And then in two or three weeks, three weeks, I think it is, just, just over three weeks, we've got the results show ready for Extreme Rules. And like I said, unfortunately, it looks like it's shaping up to be a bit of a of a rematch card, I think. I can't see much more. I don't think they're going to be building many big feuds for that one, really. No, it's, 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 it's going to be more of a rematch card than WrestleMania Backlash was for WrestleMania. I think it is. I think that's absolutely fair. I think that's absolutely fair. Um, right then, anything else you want to add about SummerSlam? Anything I've forgotten? No, don't think so. We we even got to talk about the Dripstick 3000. Yeah. The less said about that, the better. Yeah, I mean, there was one thing we didn't talk about. Go on. There was the random um, Rick Boogs coming out and doing his little guitar moment with Nakamura and then just going off. Yeah. There was also Mario Lopez, Slater from Saved by the Bell, doing his interview segment. Yeah. That was a moment. That was literally a moment when I had to pause it and say to my wife, that's, that's Slater from Saved by the Bell, isn't it? Like, what's, what on earth is he doing on this show? Yeah. And there was also that great moment when, I think it's Tiffany Haddish, who's an American comedian, who had clearly been told you're going to interview Damian Priest, the United States champion, and because she doesn't watch wrestling, called him the national champion, which does make sense. He technically is the national champion. He's got <laughs> the United, United States championship. But it's one of those ways goes, well, how do you feel about being national champion? And you go, uh, I can see exactly what's happened there. I can see exactly what's the whole conversation and where yeah. your thought process is. I mean, just read the belt. Just <laughs> it literally says United States champion on it. I don't know what they had either. I don't know why you had Mary, AJ, AJ Slater or whatever his name is from Saved by the Bell and, and this comedian. I don't know what why you did that, but you know, it, it was what it was. Made SummerSlam a little bit more special, I guess. A little bit more memorable. Um, so there we have it. That's it. That was that was your however long podcast. Over it, we did quite well to cover cover an hour and ten minutes or so. Um, all it's left for you to do now is to get involved, uh, rate, review, five stars as always. Um, let us know your thoughts on SummerSlam, on Raw, who you think the opponents are going to be, whether you agree, whether you disagree. Just look for um, PredictCast on Twitter and on Facebook. And be sure to stick around and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and the next time to uh, come up against us, And which leads us actually to the last point to make, which is where these results left us in the in the rankings. And I mean, I must have done pretty well because I got everything right, apart from the one match I couldn't have Drew McIntyre. And the Bianca Belair one, which was kind of voided because you know yeah, I faced. True. Um, you didn't win. There was no. some. There were two people that got nine out of. So they got there was there was technically um, it should have been out of ten, but um, one match was taken off. So they got everything they could have got. They got they got nine in total. Um, and our overall winner was uh, Kavyesh Talwar. Um, so he managed to get nine and guess that it was 19.5 minutes. And the main event was actually 23 minutes long. Um, Joe, well, we'll do it. We'll do it this way. In um, fifth place is Carl Macau uh, with 17 points. In fourth place, this is the overall league, is me with 18 points. Then you're in third, Luke, with 20, just behind Dave, who's also got 20, and so technically joint second, really. And Joe is in first place with 21. So it's It's absolutely all to play for. Absolutely all to play for. And it's all to play for for anyone that's just joining now, because 
there's usually very few points in each round to be honest we're talking about four or five so this was a big point winner um so there's still a chance for you to get involved as well and, and you could find yourself calling up that league because uh we still got plenty of rounds left so be sure to subscribe follow and, and get involved and we will see you next time thank you very much luke thanks mate see you later